Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Today is the first day of BYU's uh, Religious Freedom Annual Review. That is, again, happening today. Most of that is happening online. And it's interesting that it's taking place now as we wait for some important religious liberty decisions to come down from the United States Supreme Court, uh, in particular one uh, involving uh, foster parents. And we'll continue to watch that. Uh, That uh, could come down at any time. Uh, But the interesting thing to me is in looking at this conference, uh, the question really is how should religious people engage with the world? What are the opportunities? What's the right way to do it? What's the wrong way to do it? Uh, What's the way to make sure that it is protected speech that uh, we were talking about earlier in the program today? And uh, Brett Scharfs, the director of the International Center for Law and Religious Studies at BYU Law School, uh, he, he made some very interesting comments early on in the program today, uh, speaking out against uh, making sure that people aren't judging people by race or by sex or religion. Uh, really, the, the whole issue of identity politics was one of the first things that uh, he went after. Perhaps the thing that has worried me the most is an acceleration in the rise of identity politics, which urges us to see each other and judge each other primarily based upon our differences, such as the color of our skin, our gender, our religion. If we see each other primarily on the basis of race, the inevitable consequence will be racism. If we see each other primarily on the basis of sex, the inevitable consequence will be sexism. If we see each other primarily on the basis of our religion, the inevitable consequence will be religious discrimination. The challenge of seeing each other deeply in our complexity and with an awareness of our differences, while holding to values such as equality, non-discrimination, and due process, has become quite difficult. Great insight there from Brett Scharfs. Again, he's the director of the International Center for Law and Religious Studies at BYU Law, part of the forum today, and it extends into tomorrow. And I couldn't agree more in terms of this focus on if we only see people through one lens, if we only see them through the lens of race, then racism will be the result. If we only see them based on their gender, then sexism will be the result. If it is only based on their religion, uh, then religious discrimination will continue. 
And he he referenced something that we've often uh, quoted uh, our friend David Brooks as saying that uh, the, the key to all of this is seeing each other and being deeply seen. Uh, and, and when we do see each other deeply, we see much more than race or religion or sex or orientation or anything else. We see people. And that's where we have to get. If we want to really advance the conversation, if we really want to advance the society, to me, that's the, the essence of where we have to begin. Because otherwise, we're going to just continue to fight old battles in old ways. Now, there are some old battles that we need to attack in new ways, but we can't just keep having the same old battles and going at it the same old way because that just creates more division, more anger, more fear, more frustration, uh, more contempt. Uh, None of that leads us to common ground, uh, to greater solutions. Also part of the conference today, uh, Peter Winter, the senior fellow at the Ethics and Public Policy Center, uh, he made an interesting uh, case in terms of many religious organizations and really a communication problem uh, that is turning many of the younger people away. I've heard from pastors in different parts of the America who describe what's happening as a generational catastrophe, in large part because young people in particular see faith as an instrument of division in our democracy instead of an instrument of healing. My concern then is that many Christians are not offering an alternative to the worst tendencies in our society, but rather accelerating them. We need to turn that around. Followers of Jesus need to light candles instead of simply curse the darkness. And there are things that can be done writ small and writ large. Some of them are connected to politics, many are not. But together they can influence our culture and our wider society for the better. And that's Peter Winter, the senior fellow at the Ethics and Public Policy Center, uh, arguing that, uh, again, so many young people today are seeing religion. This is according to pastors across the country, uh, other religious and faith leaders, that, that uh, young people see it as a divider, not as a uniter. Uh, and so as you look at how do you solve that, uh, Peter Winter went on to uh, talk about the first steps towards solving some of those problems. We need to articulate and show we take seriously Christian anthropology What I mean by that is that we need to demonstrate to a watching world in a compelling and persuasive way that we're made in the image of God and that others, including those with whom we have deep disagreements, are also made in the image of God. Uh, He went on to uh, talk about the importance of uh, helping others. There should be no one on the outside treated as an alien or subhuman, including and even especially the poor and the weak, the dispossessed and the abused, the wounded traveler on the road to Jericho. Think about how profoundly better things would be if we showed the world that we won't pass on the other side. Now, obviously, uh, Peter Winter is coming from a Christian point of view, and, of course, the same principles apply in so many other faith traditions. Uh, and it's really those two things. It's uh, recognizing kind of divine origin, uh, that people are uh, divine in nature, and that we are fellow travelers. And as Peter Winter said, we shouldn't be passing on the other side of the road when we see someone who needs help. And that was one of the things that really stood out to me yesterday uh, in the uh, press conference with uh, members of the NAACP, the United Negro College Fund, and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, Those two things of uh, loving God and loving neighbor uh, were were really the essence of the whole message and all of the efforts that they have been uh, combining and collaborating on. Uh, 
And if we all just remembered those two things, that, that, that changes an awful lot of conversations, not just locally, not just in a neighborhood or a community. Uh, that could solve international problems in a really quick way. It would really simplify a lot of the uh, debates and the posturing and positioning that we see. Uh, imagine uh, the conversation between President Biden and President Putin tomorrow. If that was the beginning of the conversation, we both are leading some people uh, who happen to have a divine origin and we're all brothers and sisters. That's a very interesting conversation for two world leaders to have. Uh, we watched world leaders do that yesterday, right, uh, in our own backyard here in downtown Salt Lake City. And those kinds of conversations really do get to the essence of problem solving in a in a very big way, in a very rapid way. Uh, I want to play you one more uh, clip from uh, Peter Winner uh, as he concluded his remarks uh, at this event today. We need to listen in order to learn, not just listen in order to respond. We know that to successfully communicate with people who hold views that are different than we do, they need to feel heard, to feel others are showing a genuine interest in them. It isn't effective to lecture people or to marshal facts in an effort to overwhelm them, and it certainly doesn't work to make others feel insulted or dishonored or under attack. We need to show a real interest in others, which builds trust, which in turn turn builds bridges. It is about building bridges rather than driving wedges. And it's a good thing for all of us to step back and really assess uh, some great conversations happening today and tomorrow at BYU Religious Freedom Annual Review. Uh, Some great scholarly comments there, but some very practical, tactical things coming out on day one in terms of how we can address real issues in real communities and in society at large. And a lot of it just has to do with recognizing who we are and that we are all in this together, that we are fellow travelers, and that when we work together, really good things happen. We're going to step aside for one last commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about becoming that agent of betterment, what we learned from our friend Reverend Amos Brown from the historic Third Baptist Church of San Francisco is coming up next. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything it was violent it was senseless and i will never understand it i will never accept it i'm amy donaldson and unfortunately we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives but what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt in a new podcast the letter we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 